Welcome on in. It is the final out here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 215-592-9494 is how you get in and react. Jack Fritz hanging out with you here on this Tuesday night. Final out, as always, is sponsored by Regency Furniture. Affordable never looks so good. And if that wasn't a schedule loss, then I don't know what is. Uh, and... I know the the initial reaction is going to be freak out, and it's going to be like, oh, my God, they allowed one hit, and, oh, this offense is a disaster. How can you have that with a $200 million payroll? Let me just say this. That game didn't matter at all, and I usually come in with my my three big takes of of the game, and, and in today's case of the games, I really have one big take today, and I leave today, and I leave how they've played recently, feeling more encouraged than discouraged. And there's a couple of reasons why. Uh, one, I feel like the lineup in game one was closer to what we will see for the rest of the season. You know, we've talked so much about their issues with runners in scoring position and how, like, are they ever going to break through? Like, they're getting a ton of hit- hits. Are they ever going to be able to put it all together and eventually bring some runs in? Well, in game one, you know, five for 14 with runners in scoring position, uh, a, a better job in doing that. They they did that on, on Sunday against the Reds. You know, eventually they were going to break through. Like, there, there's too much talent in that lineup. There's too much traffic on the bases. You look at everything besides runs scored, and the Phillies' offense has been top five. Like, if you, like home runs have been they, – they've been lacking in that category, but at the same time, like – Besides Schwarber, I don't know who you're who you're relying on to to hit home runs. You know, obviously I would love for it to be Castellanos, but right now, if I can get this version of Castellanos, I will take it over last year's version of Castellanos. So I'm not complaining about that. Like, they don't have boppers in this lineup. It's pretty much if Schwarber can get a hold of one, great. Uh, I don't think Josh Harrison is going to do this on a night in night out basis. But um, when you look at everything else, you know, average and and hits and all of this stuff. They are in the top five in, in offenses around baseball, which is a good spot to be in. They they were just tied for 14th in runs. Like, they're not just bringing the runs home. And we all know that the 15-run game and the and the 13-run game will, will skew the run scoring thing. We know they've been inconsistent with bringing runners home. But in game one, it was like, this is how they're more designed. And 5 or 14 in the runner scoring position I thought was a, a big improvement, especially coming off of, of, of Sunday's game in Cincinnati. And then, I you know, I look at kind of this lineup being set. And I think that was the frustrating part of the beginning of the season where it was like everyone's jumbling around, uh, you know, Stott's too hot to be batting at the bottom of the lineup, but we're being reluctant to put him towards the top of the lineup. Um, we paid Trey Turner all this money to supposed to be a leadoff hitter. I always argued, no, you didn't. You tr- you spent that money to get a, a very good player in here. Um, so it, it, but it feels like the top of the lineup has kind of settled into what they are. Um, it's going to be Stott, Turner, Schwarber, Castellanos. Um, Marsh at five is is a little surprising. It feels a, a little bit too obsessed with the righty lefty, but whatever. You know, that top four, it, it feels like every day we're going to get that. And I think that the more and more that those guys get comfortable, the more and more that they will get into a rhythm here. And then, um, you know, we'll see them start to really, really produce here. So uh, the lineup in game one just felt more like the real thing than not the real thing. 
And the last thing about the lineup and what just continues to having me feel so positive and more encouraged than discouraged um, after tonight and, and over the weekend is that the kids just continue to play well. Um, I know the Price and Stott hit streak came to an end tonight, and that was soul-crushing. It was absolutely soul-crushing. So I hope DiMaggio is sleeping well tonight, um, and he is let off the hook. Joe DiMaggio let off the hook for now. And there's still a lot of baseball to be left, Joe, so you know, you're know you let off the hook for now. Um, but Bryce and Stott, like two hits in the first game, a bit unlucky that the streak had to come to an end on a doubleheader, but whatever, that's baseball. Um, but still, like – he hit a ball hard late. He looks great. He like there's there's a sequence tonight where he got out on it, but worked like a nine pitch at bat, and it's like this is a leadoff hitter. This is a leadoff hitter, just spitting on pitches, you know, just uh, making life difficult on the pitchers. It's great, and and he is like we might have our leadoff hitter for the next ten years in Bryson Stott, and that's what we're seeing right now develop, which is great. Brandon Marsh continues to hit. Had a double late, which is awesome. Um, and then Alec Bohm like scorched two balls in the in the in game two tonight, and had uh, you know uh, the the big single in in game one to give him the five spot um, in that game. So when I look at the lineup and you look at the more holistically rather than trying to overreact to every game, like I see more good than bad, and that's how I feel overall about this team is that I see more good with this team that I can project on uh, turning a corner here rather than crater, uh, cradling, um, cratering. So uh, the second thing that has me feeling more encouraged and discouraged after game one, again, get in 215-592-9494, is the bullpen. I, they have been maligned, and they should have been. It's been a, a frustrating start for the bullpen. And it seems like when we talk about the lineup settling into a role, it seems like the bullpen is starting to settle down as well. I mean, Gregory Soto has been fantastic after his first outing uh, of the season against the Rangers. And uh, I know we don't like to make excuses for athletes in this town, but the guy barely pitched. I mean, he got a spring training with two weeks left in it, I believe, because uh, he had a visa itch- issue. So, um, you know, he's just kind of ramping up now, and he looked unhittable in in, in the in the in game one today. So Soto looked great. I will never trust K- Craig Kimball, but I thought this is two straight positive outings for him. Um, seems like he is getting back to at least being able to locate some of his stuff um, rather than being all over the place. Sir Anthony just looked like that's that's what they need from Sir Anthony. When you talk about what this bullpen needs, you need to find guys you can rely on. I mean, Sir Anthony has to be that guy. Sir Anthony has to be a guy that you can give a ball to and is going to get the job done more often than not, like eight out of ten times. And what we saw tonight, I thought he stayed back on his on his you know back leg more. Um, you know, I feel like when he is off, it's always like having that front leg you know uh, open wide up rather than keeping it back, staying back, and really getting some late heavy life on his pitches. So I thought Sir Anthony was great. And Jose Alvarado just continues to be one of the best relievers in the sport and, like, frankly, turning into one of the most dominant um, relief pitchers we've ever, ever seen uh, wear a Phillies uniform. So uh, when you talk about stuff that matters, Soto, Kimbrel, Sir Anthony, Alvarado having the days that they had today and had, like, the two straight outings they've had uh, recently, 
Like, that's important stuff. Now, those are my positives. Um, I thought Billy Falter was a positive tonight. And, you know, he is so funny because it feels like every first inning, it's the same reaction. It's like, wow, this guy stinks. How is this guy in the major leagues? Like, this guy, is, he's throwing 91 right down the middle. You know, it feels like every first inning, Bailey Falter's like, oh, my God, this guy's terrible. And then you wake up in a blink of an eye, and you're in the sixth inning, and he, he pitched a, a quality game and gave you a chance to win it. He was good tonight. He's a five-starter. It's what he is. And uh, more often than not, I know his last game he got shelled, but more often than not, I believe he is going to give you a chance to win a ball game, and he did that tonight. The offense just didn't show up. But I have two discouragements. While I leave today feeling more encouraged than discouraged about this baseball team, the two discouragements I have are this. One, I know he said he had back tightness, but that Wheeler, what is whatever's going on with Wheeler, I'm officially worried about. You know, the, the velocity is down to like 93, 94, which can play – like, he still has really good stuff, but it's not elite stuff. Like, what I see from Zach Wheeler right now is a good pitcher, not a great pitcher. And in order for this team to compete and get back to what we saw last year and, you know, competing for a division, even though they're already seven games back because the Braves are ridiculous, but um, they're going to need Zach Wheeler to get back to ace-level form. And I just – I don't know – hopefully he pitches his way through it. I just have this feeling in the back of my head that we're going to get a Zach Wheeler like shutdown for like a month just to hopefully, you know, get him moving in the right direction. So uh, I know he was great after the long third inning, but still like the stuff just doesn't look like it's popping the way we have seen it pop as, you know, during his Phillies tenure. And uh, my other discouragement is I, I know he's batting over 300. I know he's batting 350 plus heading into the games today. Um, but Trey Turner, like four strikeouts today. It's been a lot of singles. You know, he still doesn't have a home run as a Philly yet. I, I think he's kind of still obviously adjusting to being on a new team. And we see this with high, with, with high-paid athletes that move to new teams. You know, they generally start pretty slow um, just because, like, there's a lot of expectations. He walked into a uh, a team that had World Series aspirations. Bryce isn't playing yet. I feel like when Bryce gets back, Turner will feel a bit more comfortable um, being here, even though I don't think he's not feeling comfortable. But I think that having Bryce as almost like a big brother will only help Trey Turner. So it's 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 a little annoying right now. You know, I want to see more, uh, you know, balls and gap and, and balls over the wall rather than like a little single. Um, but hopefully Trey Turner can turn it around because 4Ks today – you know, that's not great from your two-hitter. 2-5, two 94 94-94. Overall, game two is not a big deal. Like, in, in the worst of Doc Rivers, it was a bit of a scheduled loss. They pretty much poured everything they could into game one. They used all four of their top relievers. Um, they pulled out all the stops to ensure that they got one win. And in game two, you know, the, the back of the lineup was Cody Clemens, who is not a major league player, Christian Pache, who is a, a developmental player, and Garrett Stubbs at the, at the bottom of the lineup. Like, you're not going to win that game. You, you're just – you'd have to have a, a, a great performance from Billy Falter. Like, you'd have to do a lot of right in order to win that game. I actually think it's more important that Billy Falter took down seven innings and the only reliever I had to use was Luis Ortiz today in game two was more important than getting a win at that point. So, um, 
not the end of the world. I thought game one showed me more things to be encouraged about than discouraged. Where do you come down on that? 215-592-9494. It is the final out. Jack Fritz hanging out with you here on WIP. On the other side, in addition to your phone calls, two massive positive injury updates from earlier today that should have us all you know, very excited. But uh, And one, it's not negative yet, but my antenna is up on the injury front in regards to this player. Who is it? We'll get to all of that coming up next and more. It's Jack Fritz here in the final out on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 3-0 White Sox. And the lefties pitch. Swung on, line to left. That'll be a base hit. And it's going to go all the way to the corner. As Marsh is around first, he's on his way into second with a double. And maybe that's the start of something. It's the first hit of the night for the Phillies here in the eighth inning. As Brandon Marsh with a double ends the no-hit bid for the White Sox. Well, it didn't lead to anything, but it is our Mike's Amazing Play of the Game presented by Mike's Amazing, the official mayo, mustard, and vegetable oil of the Phillies. Welcome on back. It is the final out sponsored by Regency Furniture. Affordable never looks so so good. Jack Fritz hanging out with you. And, yes, that is our Mike's Amazing Play of the Game because we didn't have to sit here and watch the Phillies get no hit again, which would have been uh, the second time Tucker in – 20 games they would have gotten no hit even if you go back to last season so and they got know, no hit by the Mets in uh I, April of last year I know let me just say so something. three times in the calendar year yeah uh, official statement official statement a combined no hitters don't count I, I don't know who needs to hear that but like it's a, it's a shutout it's a shutout it's not a no hitter there I I feel nothing if a team like obviously getting shut out also stinks but like there's not this added devastation if my team gets quote unquote no hit is it do you remember the Cole Hamels combined no hitter yeah it was nothing that doesn't count who like when you think about Cole Hamels and you mentioned no hitter you remember exactly where you were when he when Odubo Herrera may, may not have caught that ball but whatever whatever you never you remember where you were like like that's a that's a special moment. His last start as a Philly, Cole Hamels threw a no hitter. No one gives a. I bet if you asked eight out of ten Phillies fans, they don't even know who he threw the combined no hitter against. Tucker, uh, wasn't it the Braves? It was the Braves. Yeah, but you like, remember the other three pitchers who pitched? Uh, Papelbon, yes, was one of them. Uh, was Stutzy involved? I believe it was Papabon, Diekman, and Ken Giles. Wow, and Ken uh, Jake Diekman pitched tonight, so you know he's doing well. Um, actually, he's not. He's been terrible, but he's employed. He is employed. He's, that's a good point by you. So, uh, and Cole Hamill's obviously making his return with the Padres, and I'm sure he's going to go well. So, um, that's my amazing play. We didn't have to sit here and deal with a, a, a freak out about the Phillies getting no hit. Like, first off, they didn't. They wouldn't have really been no hit. I'm just letting you know. Like I. I, I feel nothing. I, again, and I tweeted this when they were getting no hit. Like, I watched them get no hit in the, wor- in the World Series. Like, this is absolutely nothing to me, and thank God they got game one. Official position, thank God they got game one. So, uh, the two massive positive injury updates from earlier today, and honestly, y- you talk about important things from today, Falter going seven, uh, the bullpen giving you the, 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 the top guys in your bullpen giving you good work today and runners in scoring position in the first game finally like breaking through a little bit. Those are all really important. But the most important thing that happened today is what happened on the field. Bryce Harper, Ranger Suarez, both playing in, in drills today and, and pitching to each other 
all of that stuff. So Bryce Harper has officially been cleared to slide, which is one of the last hurdles he has to face here. Um, he is he is practicing sliding feet first, and the only time he will dive head first is is uh, back to the bag on pickoff attempts. Obviously, I don't know what this means for defense because you like instincts will probably take over, and he's gonna want to dive and try to stop a ball. I think that's part of playing first base. So, um, you know, that's one to monitor. But still, the fact that he's already been uh, cleared to slide is big. And then Ranger threw 25 pitches. Uh, and Harper said after that he looked just like Ranger. Rob Thompson spoke about this earlier today. Here is what he said about Ranger and Bryce earlier this afternoon. The entire day was encouraging. I mean, Harp got uh, four bats, which he's probably now at eight or nine at bats uh, in simulated games, which is good. Um, but it was good for him to see a lefty uh, hit one ball hard, almost hit the ball to the ballpark. And, and, and I thought Ranger was really good. He was locating his fastball. I don't know what the velocities were, but uh, it looked like, you know, normal Rangers. Curveball was good. He threw it with confidence. He threw it with intent. The cutter was good, and he threw a couple of good change-ups. So all in all, very encouraging day. Now, I will say uh, the NBC Sports Philadelphia put out some video of Ranger throwing, and I thought the stuff looked pretty good. The Bryce, he did almost hit one out, uh, and that was like, oh, good, that's normal. I did see Christian Pache almost hit one out as well. So, listen. We take the positives. We don't take the negatives here. Um, and uh, either way, obviously, we talked about it a lot here on the final out. But, um, you know, Ranger coming back and getting into that rotation. And if we get the Ranger that we've seen for the last two years, gives them really quality length uh, at the starting, uh, you know, as a starter, which I think they need more than anything right now. Like what's killed them at the beginning of the season, I believe, is that. Their stars aren't going deep in the game, so the bullpen becomes overworked and taxed. Um, like Bailey Falter is their first starter that has pitched through the seventh inning, which is wild. Or even two, like he's the first starter to pitch into the seventh this year. So um, you know that that's not a great start to the season. So you hope that again, Ranger comes back, gives you some good length. Um, Falter continues to be a pretty good five. Taiwan Walker, who goes tomorrow, uh, continues to settle into his role. And then it comes down to Wheeler and Nola. Like, can we get those guys back on track? Uh, Matt Strom goes back to the bullpen, I think, continues to fortify the back end there. I mean, Soto, Kimbrell, Sir Anthony, Alvarado, Strom. You know, I think Bilotti's more good than bad. Uh, Brogdon, I believe, is more good than bad. So you, you start to see the makings of what is a good bullpen. And and how I feel about the team right now is yes I understand they're under 500, but there's just more uh, makings of a good team here that I believe than is this is a disaster they don't know how to play the, the World Series hangover all that stuff two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four the one negative um, the one negative injury update from for me at least from earlier today Rob Thompson just said after the game that that the and Mundo Sosa's back keeps bothering him. And the one thing that gave me some, you know, red flags about his back being a bigger issue than we made it out to be is that he made a lot of weird errors um, towards the end of that Cincinnati Red series where it was like, Edmundo, you are a great defensive player. Like, Mundo Sosa is a great defensive player. And just made some uncharacteristic mistakes that he doesn't make. And now that we know that he had a back issue, 
all of that stuff makes a lot more sense. So this has been, I believe, three straight games that he couldn't go. Um, and, and Rob Thompson said that back is continuing to bother him. So if he can't go, you know, it means hopefully, I mean, it might mean more Cody Clemens at first base against righties, which no one wants to see, or Josh Harrison, um, at third base against righties. And I know Josh Harrison had a great game one, um, and hopefully he can build off that, but you know, I'm not exactly banking on Josh Harrison putting up everyday third baseman production, you know, at Mudo Sosa, I, I was excited to see if he could develop into an everyday, ish player for this team and that injury you know backs are weird we know backs are weird so I hope that um, everything works out well for him there and he can get back in the lineup Rob Thompson did say that if they needed him in an emergency late in the game they could have used him but still um, three straight games he's had to be down with a back injury so that is one to monitor going forward 215-592-9494 is how you get in Henry is in Glassboro what's happening Henry yo what's going on Jack what's going on brother how are you Good. Um, I think people just need to relax about losing that second game. I mean, every time there's a doubleheader, the teams tend to split. And I don't know how you expect to get a win with Cody Clemens in the lineup. Like you just said, I mean, nobody wants to see him play the field. I no. mean, you know, it's, it's, you just shouldn't panic. No, and, and, like, it's more important to get game one anyway. And it's more important to – uh, you know, at least not lose both of them. Like, you, if you win both, that's a luxury. But you're playing on the road. Um, y- you use pretty much all your bullpen to try to get through game one and, and, and make sure you nail down that. Like, it's not a big deal. It's just, it's just not a big deal. Lucas Gilito's great tonight. It happens. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, and he's a, he's a decent pitcher. I mean, of course, these decent pitchers tend to have their best games against us. And they that's sure do. bad Philly luck. That's just what it is. Um, I love the show. I love the podcast, the High Hopes podcast. And I don't think our heads, our uh, pet heads are falling off still. So I think no, we're okay. but early in the season, Henry, it felt like they were. But I think I think everything's settled down, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks for the call. Thank you. All right. Um, yeah, early in the season, it was very stressful. But uh, the more that we've kind of seen this team, the more uh, you know, you start seeing where this is heading, I just continue to feel more optimistic about this thing turning around and, and turning into a good season rather than more doom and gloom. Let's get to the player of the game uh, brought to you by South Jersey Gas, committed to providing safe, reliable, affordable, natural gas. Make the switch at SouthJerseyGas.com slash home. And it's got to be Lucas Giolito. I mean, six, six no-hit innings tonight. Um, threw a lot of pitches. He's been... Like he had a six-plus ERA heading into the game tonight. Last year, he was pretty up and down, mostly bad. Year before that, and the last like two years before that, he was great. And and I think he, you know, 2018, he was brutal. ERA was over six. Made some big adjustments to his um to his mechanics, and and had two really good years. And then now he's back to kind of being meh. Um, but I thought he was tough to hit tonight, you know. And um, he had his changeup working off of his fastball. Um, so sometimes you got to just tip your cap and, and Lucas Giolito did a good job tonight. It didn't exactly face murderers row. Um, but Lucas Giolito is our player of the game. So, um, it is what it is. 215-592-9494. Jack Fritz hanging out with you here on the final out on the other side. We will look ahead to tomorrow. The big matchup, the rubber match of this game before handing things off to Jody Mack. All that is next here on sports radio 94 WIP. 
Welcome back. It's the final out here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 215-592-9494 is how you get in. A couple minutes here before handing things off to Jody Mack. He'll take you through the rest of the night. And, of course, the final out is sponsored by Regency Furniture. Affordable, never looked so good. Tomorrow, um, like we can say all we want about tonight not mattering and, you know, game two – getting one hit and, and having to deal with that not being a big deal. Well, it's not a big deal uh, if you go out tomorrow and you take care of business. You go out of the rubber match and you just say, hey, you know, let's go out, take care of business against Mike Clevenger, who the last time they faced Mike Clevenger, um, he didn't record an out. So he doesn't have to face Bryce Harper, which, uh, you know, he's let off the hook a little bit there. Um, but either way, He's been pretty good this year. Like, Clevenger has always had pretty good stuff. Um, he's had two shutouts, and, um, you know, he went five and a third and allowed four runs against the Pirates. So, listen, he, he's a guy who a couple years ago was great and now who has fallen off. So, um, he's a guy that the Phillies should absolutely take advantage of. Uh, Mike Clevenger on the mound tomorrow, and uh, he's going against Tywin Walker. And I thought Tywin Walker was really good his last outing. Um, I know it's the Reds. I know they don't have the best offense in the world, but I liked the plan that they had um, going up against them. And I liked that he was more fastballs up and and splitters and sliders away. It just made more sense, I believe, um, you know, with his kind of repertoire because that way that you got three pitches that look like they're on the same plane that go in three different directions. Fastball rises a little bit. Slider, uh, you know, obviously goes away from righties, and the splitter goes down and into righties. So um, if he can do that and tunnel those three pitches, uh, I think Tywin Walker can develop into a pretty good pitcher here. So, um, you know, obviously we don't need to use the, the massive must win, but we talk about the Phillies kind of digging a hole here and um, not getting off to the best start of the season and needing to turn this thing around, winning a rubber match against a White Sox team that is just – they have some talent, but they just feel like they never put it together. They're playing in front of a, a an empty ballpark. I mean, what a disappointing scene out in uh, out in out in Chicago. Like there was like you know, like five thousand people in the stands. I mean, game one was atrocious. I felt like I was watching a game back in Miami. So uh, you know, you have to create your own energy in those in those kind of scenarios. So um, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those games where. Start stacking series wins. You shouldn't have split against the Reds. Uh, you should not have lost two at three at home to the Marlins. And, you know, go out and, and, and really get back into this thing. And, you know, I opened tonight talking about how I leave more encouraged than discouraged after today. Well, if you want to feel incredibly discouraged, you go out tomorrow and you lose to Mike Clevenger. I don't think it will happen. Um, I think Tom Walker has turned a corner here. Mike Clevenger has not been that good. That's going to do it for me here on the final out. Jody Max got you coming up next. Tomorrow, uh, it'll be Joe and Hugh leading you into the game. 2-10 start out in Chicago. Greg Murphy takes over at 135. And I got you for post game with Ike Reese and all of that stuff. And then, obviously, Fritz at 6 and the rest of the night on WIP. Jody Max got you next. Here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.